From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is WIA National News for week commencing Feb 21, 2016. Longest serving agency head, ACMA's Chris Chapman says farewell. At Canberra's Senate Estimates Committee last week, ACMA Chairman Chris Chapman made his last appearance before Parliament and outlined the achievements during his term heading up Australia's Communication Authority. Chapman told the Senate Committee, To round out some cold, hard but perhaps wearying statistics, I've over ten years seen six Prime Ministerships, served under five Communication Ministers, served with six Department Secretaries, come before six Senate Estimates Committee Chairpersons, Regulated with 15 outstanding authority members, chaired, unbelievably, 246 authority meetings and participated in 56 authority strategy sessions. Today, as I understand it, I'm the longest serving agency head in the Commonwealth's 194 agencies. Something a little different from the land where it snowed this week, despite the rest of VK being in the grip of heatwaves or severe storms. Hobart, Cryptoparty. Members of REEST's, Hobart Hackerspace and other local technology groups have been invited to a crypto party at the Grand Pooh Bar in Liverpool Street, Hobart. The crypto party is being hosted by Federal Government Senators Ludlam and McKim, along with REEST member Ian McIntosh. But what is a crypto party, you may ask? Well, now that the government and opposition have passed a mass surveillance data retention regime through Parliament, it's time to take back our power and protect our privacy and anonymity online. The Crypto Party will run a number of sessions and breakouts, so there's something for everyone. People are encouraged to take their laptop and smartphone as a team of superstar geeks talk you through some simple steps to protect your data. For those hyper-geeks, there'll be a going-deep-going-dark session running parallel. The Crypto Party is a free event, but tickets are essential. Further details on the event and how to obtain tickets can be found in the text version of this broadcast. Townsville Region have noticed, according to Tark News, an increase in operators discussing buying and selling of equipment on amateur radio frequencies. This is being done by operators holding any class of licence, and you need to know this is a breach of Australian law. Haggle, discuss or bargain face-to-face or on the telephone. Not on the radio. Be responsible. WIA Board Talk. Preparations are complete for the WIA stand at the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong. WIA directors will be there with sales of books and taking memberships. Among them, the President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and Peter Young, VK3MV, the WIA Regulatory Council. More later, read this Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's field day at Wyong. Just remember the date, though, next Sunday, Feb 28. Not quite rewind, but time for WIA committees to do a little rewinding and think about the year 2015. A number of WIA routine functions are carried out by its committees and their annual reports are due. Each committee is to write a report for 12 months to December 2015. These eventually go to all WIA members and before the Members Forum at the WIA Annual General Meeting in May. The WIA Board of Directors has appointed a new Executive Administrator for its office. The successful candidate is Bruce Defaults, who comes to the WIA 
from the corporate sector but also with some not-for-profit experience. His new full-time contract position answers to the WIA board through the president and Bruce will also become the company's secretary organising and attending the board meetings. We have also appointed Petra as the new examinations officer. Petra has served in that role for some time as an agency temp and has now accepted a full-time position with the WIA. We are very pleased to have both Bruce and Petra on board. A professional analysis of the WIA's existing processes and future requirements was carried out in 2015 and the board decided to replace the position of office manager with the new position of executive manager, the one that Bruce has just been appointed to. Meanwhile, the WIA office underwent a top-to-bottom review to reflect the wishes of members and to better face an environment of change for Spectrum users and also the prospect of some future government outsourcing. The end result includes a greater emphasis on customer service, delivery of member services, office function streamlining, banking and finances. Obviously Bruce will take some time to settle into his new role. So if you have a query about the WIA, could you please refer to the frequently asked questions section on the WIA website before phoning the WIA office. That'll give some time for Bruce to settle into his position before he gets bombarded with a whole lot of strange requests. We welcome both Bruce and Petra to the WIA. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, President of the WIA. Keep your ACMA licence current to avoid one hell of a lot of work. The ACMA will cancel your call sign if it doesn't receive a response to your renewal invoice within a limited time after the expiry date. The ACMA will lapse the licence. Your call sign will then be available for reissue to other people. The answer is to always know your ACMA amateur license renewal date, whether or not you receive formal renewal, and make sure you renew it in time to keep your call sign. ACMA's amateur licensing process relies on you keeping your contact details current with their office. Across Australia from the VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Albury-Wodonga. It can be heard on 145.525 MHz or node 388642 every Sunday morning at 10am and repeated again that day at 19.30. This is Rob, VK2, Foxtrot Alpha Alpha Alpha. We whip around VK and coming up is Radio Presentation Day that covers several aspects of amateur radio from the expert viewpoint but in easy to understand language. Amateur Radio New South Wales, in response to requests from Foundation licensees, is to dedicate March 6 for a day of presentations on topics including portability and DX chasing at Dural. Those who bring their own radio with the programming lead and computer may be able to get the help they need if they register. A top DX at Tommy VK2IR will talk about antennas and how to build them. Summits on the Air will give a presentation on just how they work. There'll also be a talk about the digital mode JT65. To register, read the text edition of today's news or visit ARNSW. It's via the WIA website under clubs then VK2. In VK4, it's back to Serratus 50 years, Easter 2016. There will be a ham radio reunion weekend at Serratus near Eidsvold in central Queensland at Easter this year. 50 years ago in 1966, a group of hams met at Serratus which resulted in lifelong friendships. 
This Back to Schroeder's reunion will be mainly on Easter, Saturday the 26th of March 2016, and everyone is welcome to come along, particularly those who were there 50 years ago. Further details, of course, can be obtained from VK4VIP. Also with more, Brandon will join the Q News broadcast a little later, following this, the National WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news and the International Amateur Radio Union President Tim Allen has presented David Sumner K1ZZ with the IARU's prestigious Michael J. Owen VK3KI Memorial Award. Tim cited David's skill, diplomacy and encyclopedic knowledge of amateur radio and his role in the international scene as most deserving of the award, named to honour VK3KI, a towering figure in the IARU and the WIA, who passed in 2012. David Sumner started with his service at the Watershed World Administrative Radio Conference in 1979, which yielded the so-called WAC bands. In accepting the award... David Sumner called Michael Owen a dear, dear friend and a very special person. David went on to say, Our challenge is to explain our passion, how to convey it to younger generations that have grown up at a time when instant global communication is taken for granted. Among his remarks were that he never wanted any other job and enjoyed playing a part in defending amateur radio spectrum. Still on the international scene... Amateur radio operators in Ontario are enjoying a time-limited exemption under Canada's Highway Traffic Act's distraction driving regulations, allowing them the use of mobile two-way communication apparatus until January 1st, 2018. With more VK2LAW Jason. Amateur radio operators have been utilising mobile communications equipment safely and responsibly since before mobile telephony was popular and affordable. In addition, the equipment that can be found in the vehicles of thousands of hams across Canada translates to an instantly available means of communications in times of disaster, a network of no cost to the served agencies who may depend on it. Phil, Victor Alpha 3, Quebec Romeo, is spearheading the effort to lobby the MTO to make the exemption under the Highway Traffic Act regulation permanent to all certified amateur radio operators. An end to Moore's Law. Moore's Law is about to come to an end, claims a recent article from the journal Nature, which we saw in VK7 News. VK7 WI News had said that the law, which was first articulated by Gordon Moore, a co-founder of Intel in 1965, states that the number of transistors on a microprocessor will double roughly every two years. Moore's Law proved to be true for most of the 70s, 80s and 90s and the first decade of the 21st century, due largely to the technology industry engineering its chips to keep up with the predictions. By developing and producing microprocessors to match up with Moore's Law, chipmakers pushed their engineering and fabrication methods to advance despite limits. Nature says the worldwide semiconductor industry is on the verge of acknowledging that it cannot keep up with the pace of doubling transistors every two years. The greater the number of transistors that must be packed into a chip, the more costly they become to manufacture. The fabrication facilities needed to produce these transistors and chips also become more expensive. Today only a few manufacturers can afford to build and support the cutting-edge factories. 
The post-Moore's law strategy will no longer be based on the number of transistors on the chip. Rather, the focus will start with applications and the chips will be built upon what the application requires. It may, however, be more accurate to pronounce this as a temporary hold for Moore's law. New material advances could one day replace silicons, bypass its limits and allow the industry once again to progress according to Moore's law. ARRL renews partnership with Red Cross. Because emergency preparedness is vital every place disaster strikes, the ARRL and the American Red Cross have a working relationship in the United States. It's a relationship they recently reaffirmed, as Amateur Radio Newsline's Jim Dameron, November 8 Tango Mike Whiskey, reports. The document succeeds the agreement the two organizations signed in 2010 and renews their cooperative relationship. According to the memorandum, Ares personnel are to be deployed in keeping with a pre-arranged plan in order to keep communications open during emergencies. The document also encourages both organizations to communicate with state and local agencies and to share information regarding disasters and disaster operations. The ARRL commits to a role encouraging ARIES units to work with Red Cross chapters to create plans for disaster relief and emergency response. And likewise, the Red Cross field units are being encouraged to communicate in planning with ARRL's field units. The document was signed on January 22nd and is in place for another five years. Operational News on Felix VK 4FUQ 2016. Contests are a popular aspect of amateur radio, giving an opportunity to practice and develop operating techniques and measure how well a station performs. All contests have one main purpose, to get plenty on air and to increase the opportunities for making contacts. ARRL DXCW contest is on this weekend, February 20th and 21st. All aboard the Sydney Ferries VHF UHF contest, Sunday, March 13. This contest will now include wharves as well as the Sydney Harbour Ferries. To be held for six hours in daylight on Sunday, March 13, the VHF and UHF only simplex and repeated contest will be an exciting event for Sydney siders, particularly that long jumping jeweller of Lavender Bay. Check out the Waverley Amateur Radio Society website. WIA John Moore Field Day, 1920 March 2016. The next major WIA contest, the John Moore Field Day, aims to encourage portable operation and test emergency communication preparedness. There are a number of categories and even those for home stations. The WIA affiliated club with the highest score wins the President's Cup. To check out more including the rules, visit the WIA website. Harry Angel 80 metre sprint WIA Saturday 7th of May. 1010 International Summer Contest August 6 and 7. Remembrance Arati Contest August 13 and 14. 36 Lara Contest is on the last four weekend in August, August 27 and 28. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. Malta, 9H. QRV is 9H3DJ until June the 1st while on a business trip. Activities in his spare time using mostly SSB on 17 metres. QSL to his home call, K0MDJ. St. Martin, PJ7. QRV is PJ7AA until March the 12th. Activity will be on 40 to 10 metres using CW and SSB. QSL to home call AA9A. Did you work 60-0F? It was a special event marking the visit of Pope Francis to Mexico. Members of the Federation Mexicana de Radio Experimentadores 
or FMRE use this special call sign, 60F. But please send QSL cards via XE1LM. Togo, 5V7. Women is visiting Togo in West Africa. He will reactivate his 5E7TH callsign until February 22. He will be active on 46 CW SSB and Ritty. QSL to his home call ON6DX. Members of the Radio Club Argentina will be on the air from Carlini Base in the South Shetland Islands during the last few weeks of February. They will sign LU1ZI and the IOTA reference number is AN010. Members of the Italian de-expedition team will be active as 3XY1T from Los Islands, AF051, between the 18th of February and the 4th of March. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Brian VK3GR with this week's worldwide special interest group news and let's get straight into ARDF. Have you ever thought about giving ARDF a go? Well, Jack has. If you live in the Melbourne area or planning a trip to Melbourne around April 10th, how about coming out to Darabin Park and try your hand at ARDF, Amateur Radio Direction Finding. Loan receiving equipment will be available, so all you need is a decent pair of walking shoes and a good pair of ears to listen to the signals. If you have been thinking about having a go at ARDF, but always thought it was too much like serious exercise, think again, for you can go at your own pace. So, Sunday, April 10th, Darabin Park, see you there. And for more information, go to www.ardf.org.au or email Jack, our ARDF coordinator, at vk3www at wia.org.au. Now on to ATV. The UK Space Agency noted that Ham TV Digital Amateur Television, DATV, transmissions by Tim Peake, GB1SS, from the ISS was a world first. This was the contact with students at the Royal Masonic School for Girls using GB1RSM. The RS team of licensed UK radio amateurs achieved a world first by receiving live video from the ISS during the contact using the ham TV transmitter, which has recently been commissioned on board the ISS. Tim Peake was the first astronaut to use this equipment during a two-way school's contact. As well as building a vehicle-based ham TV receive system, which was installed at the school on the day of the contact, the ARIS UK team also installed equipment at the Gunilly Earth Station in Cornwall to receive the 2395 MHz ham TV transmission from the ISS. This was then streamed via the web to the school. And now to Radio Amateur Old Timers, the radio voice of a century. Fred Crockford, who lives in the borough of Brentwood, recently told his local newspaper in the UK, I've been retired longer than some people have been at work. With more courtesy Amateur Radio Newsline, here is RSGB newsman Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In fact, Fred, G6YUY, has also likely been on the air longer than many people have been on the planet. The retired trolleybus driver first went on the amateur bands in the 1920s when radio operations were governed, he said, by the post office. Now he's not just a licensed ham, but a centenarian ham, having just celebrated his 100th birthday. He said radio had made every one of his many days an adventure, 
and he told the newspaper the fun is the surprise discovery of who is available to talk to from anywhere in the world. He said we talk to whoever happens to be out there on that particular spot and at that particular moment. A 70 foot long horizontal aerial carries his voice everywhere, even to Australia. Fred told the newspaper he still sets aside about two hours every evening to reach out via radio to the world, and whether he lands in the United States, New Zealand or Australia, the thrill of DXing is no less a thrill to him at 100 than it was when he was a young man. It seems that at 100 years of age, his most treasured birthday gift of all has been the gift of time. Relay of Monthly, R-A-O-T-C, broadcast. The monthly broadcast of the Radio Amateur Old Timers Club is now relayed as part of the Monday night broadcasts from VK7AX. This is part of the news night program from VK7AX on Monday nights. It's anticipated that this relay will become a regular event with the next broadcast from R-A-O-T-C scheduled for Monday 7th of March. It's relayed on voice repeaters, that's 2 metre, VK7RTV Stowport, 70cm VK7RDR Dazzler Range and 70cm VK7RAK in Hobart. Also via digital ATV in Alveston on 446.50 MHz DVB-T and via BATC video stream which can be found on the text edition of this broadcast. Heading along to Radio Scouting. Thinking Day this weekend. World Thinking Day will take place on the 20th and 21st of February. This is when members of Girl Guiding use amateur radio to try to contact other members throughout the world as part of the celebrations of their founders' birthdays. When you hear Thinking Day stations on the air, please give them a call from here down under. Now, Rescue Radio, communication support. There is a full program of communication support events that you can get involved with and have some fun in the north of VK next month. Saturday 5th and Sunday 6th of March, FNERA Warabong Challenge Horse Endurance Ride at Teppan. The Friday 25th to Monday 28th of March, their Mount Baldy and Coranda Horse Endurance Ride. Friday 25th to Monday 28th of March also, WRERA, Uri Gold Farms Easter Carnival of Horse Endurance Ride in Bowen Region. VK isn't the only country where sporting bodies call on wee hams to help out. Hamnet Western Cape was involved in marshalling the 99er cycle tour around the northern suburbs of Cape Town in South Africa. The 102km race and accompanying 64km short race, apparently 64Ks is short, was patrolled by 12 rover operators distributed evenly along the track. 5,000 riders left Durbanville. APRS monitored all rovers plus the five ambulance rescue vehicles and a temporary digipeter assisted reception in hilly terrain. There were no major injuries, though lots of riders bailed out because of the punctures or severe South African heat. And that's all I have. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Rewind. Two rewinds for the price of one today. We'll be looking at ourselves, the WIA, and also the 85th anniversary of the VK6 News, known now as News West. Here is Bob VK6POP, the President of the West Australian Amateur Radio News. Amateur Radio News broadcasts in Western Australia first went to air on 80 metres in 1931. Counting on my fingers, that was 85 years ago. Such an anniversary and marriage would warrant gifts of diamonds and sapphires 
But alas, in modern radio, we don't even have a crystal to celebrate with. The Wireless Institute began in Western Australia in 1913. Our story begins 16 years later, when the Institute moved into new headquarters in William Street, Perth, and began setting up the VK6WI station, completed in February 1930. The antenna was a Zeppelin style. The early days of amateur radio involved a working relationship with early broadcasters. In fact, many amateurs were also broadcasters. There are reports of amateur radio transmitters being used to broadcast entertainment. The first mention I can find of an amateur radio news broadcast is from Perth's Daily News newspaper on Monday the 23rd of March in 1931, and that says, The Institute's transmitter VK6WI will go on the air on phone on Saturday evening, March the 28th, using the 80 metre band. This will be a test transmission in preparation of the dissemination of Institute news to country members, technical lectures to members, and the testing of the set for phone and demonstration of the principles involved for members preparing for their AOCP certificates. There's not much information about the continuing history of amateur radio news broadcasts. However, it picked up after the end of the war in 1945 through to the present day. WA Amateur Radio News was formed as a club in 2014, with its principal activity being the production of the News West Amateur Radio News and broadcasting it along with the WIA National News. Amateur Radio News in Western Australia has evolved from a single live broadcast on Saturday nights to broadcasts on Sundays at five different times on several bands from 160 metres through to 23 centimetres, including a linked repeater network covering much of the southwest of the state. There are links to informative websites in the text edition of the news. Although we at WA Amateur Radio News can't take credit for 85 years of amateur radio news broadcast in this state, we can be confident that we're well on the way to ensuring its long-term future. Now, about those diamonds and sapphires. Rewind number two. And a new era for amateur radio began after the so-called Big Review had more than 1,300 submissions and feedback from public meetings held around Australia. A major outcome was the introduction of Australia's three-tiered amateur radio licensing system. The Advanced replaced the unrestricted AOCP, the no-code limited licence plus the combined licence, which was a mix of limited licence and novice Morse code. The Standard replaced the novice grades. The result? An amalgamation of five licence types into two, with the end of Morse code proficiency tests on New Year's Day 2004. Then, later that year, came the third, a new entry level, the Foundation Licence. The WIA board, only new itself following the national body being formed, committed itself to weekend training sessions for exam assessors in Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney and Adelaide. For a time, the new assessor system ran in parallel with the old provision of written exam papers that were later marked by the WIA exam service. There was a lot of work to do, syllabus reshaping, question banks, working with children checks and qualifying the assessors, so the new structure was available. Now more than a decade on, more has been already achieved by the WIA in licence reform and a lot of possible change is now ahead. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Well, time to tie the ribbons. On the social scene, March the 5th, in VK6, it's Parg Swap Meet, 8am till noon at Mandurah, 
February 28 in VK3, it's the EMDRC's Hamfest. That's at the Great Ryrie Primary School, Heathmont. And Feb 28 in VK2 Central Coast Field Day. And it's now only one week to go till the field day. So where will you be in just one week's time? Why not come along and join the biggest gathering of radio amateurs in Australia at the CCARC Field Day at the Wyong Racecourse? We are expecting a really big event this year and remember, the Wyong Field Day starts at 6.30am for the flea market and 9am for the traders and seminars. And it all goes ahead, rain, hail or shine. For those of you coming to the Central Coast Field Day on the train, there will be a free shuttle bus service to the event. As always, a little for everyone in the program. Entry is $15, under 17's free. So whether it's seeking that bargain from the flea market, grabbing that discounted new item from the trader stands, educating yourself at the seminars and exhibitor stalls, or even taking that license upgrade assessment, the place to be on February the 28th is definitely the CCARC Field Day at Wyong. For full details about the field day, please go to the website at fieldday.org.au. From Dave, VK2DLS, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Thanks Dave. Now, for all the rebroadcasters, we remind you you should be by now, subscribe to the WIA Broadcasters Yahoo group so that you know exactly where you can download the correct editions of WIA National News. you also see how many people from each particular transmission site each week check in. So, until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.